does a person become a Christian? Who is responsible for the faith in a person's heart? How does faith get there? These are just some of the questions that we will answer in our latest podcast series on the book Conversion from the People's Bible Teachings series. You can purchase a copy from Grace or pick up a copy from our Northwestern Publishing House. Even if you aren't able to read the book, you can still join us to grow from our discussion. The joy of our conversion gives us confidence in the promises of God and certain hope that heaven is our home. Join us in that confidence and hope, and join us as we discuss this topic and our book, Conversion. Hey podcast listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Most Certainly True Podcast. I'm Pastor Brian Hockman, one of the pastors here at Grace, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Pastor Jim Hebner. How are you today, Pastor Hebner? I'm fine, Pastor Hockman. Good to see you. Good to be here. Good to be doing another podcast. And uh, we're pegging ourselves once in a while, time-wise. But it's a nice day out today, actually. It is a nice day out. We Although say that because it, if somebody listens to this five years from now, it could be so what, right? But we're <laughs> in, a, heading, in a blizzard? In, yeah. in a blizzard of the century, they're yeah. going <laughs> to... It's a nice day out today. We're heading toward nicer weather, having come through some more uh, wintry experiences. So It would be hard to let the weather ha- have uh, too much of an influence. It's a positive influence, but this right. is one of my favorite weeks of the year. It well, it is. is with the NCAA tournament. March you're Madness about, I'm sure, week, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. Games tipped off the the opening four. Tipped off yesterday, and um, I've I've got my blank bracket sitting here on the table, yeah, waiting, grab, waiting yeah. to be filled out. So the um, then high school tournaments around the nation are going on too, which is always just an exciting time. And if you're into sports, not many people are. But well, I'll say that differently. A lot of people are, but many aren't. But so you know, this, you can picture this type of time of year in March when you're in the upper Midwest and the weather could be delightful and you're looking at tournament time or St. Patty's Day or whatever it might be and you park in your car and walk. Or it could be blustery and cold or who knows what, right? But it's that time of year. There's a little extra buzz in the air this year because uh, right down the street they're going to be hosting a handful yep. of games which at the Pfizer Forum, which is kind of exciting for our yeah, three and a half blocks away is pretty cool and cool our, our badgers will be there so we hope the best for them but you never know tournament time you can have one and done and, and they it's call over. it madness for a reason right yeah. but yeah. yeah it's kind of cool to be uh getting to showcase our city and our new can we still call if i serve new it's still a new arena right yeah, it's up, up and running <laughs> for the last three seasons right three, four it's, years right so we'll still call it new first time they were supposed to host last year and then they canceled the tournament that's um, right actually Two years ago, two years supposed to host. Yeah, because twenty one they played a tournament. They played it, but it was all in Indianapolis. Yeah, um, so they didn't have the spread across the country like they right. like they normally would. So, but we were slighted to host, and then they yanked the carpet out just a week before. A lot so. of things happened in our city that year in the COVID shutdown year, right? That just we lost, went away. All lost the, the Democratic National Convention, right. which was a huge hit. Yep, and you lose uh, prior to that would have been, as you mentioned, NCAA part of the you know tournament games, and there's 
other all the normal festivals and all that. I mean, there's concerts and festivals that the city is known for, and everything so, went away. Some could make the argument that without COVID, the Bucks would have been in the finals that year. Um, <laughs> the COVID bubble replay restart in in uh, Orlando didn't work out so well for us, but yeah, uh, we were sailing and cruising, and then I think COVID, the COVID break let the rest of the league catch up with us. It happened with the Wisconsin Badgers too. Do you remember they kind of went on a great run in 2020 and the heading into the Big Ten tournament and their season was ended. They were hopeful not only for a Big Ten tournament win, which didn't happen this year either, but because uh, they were on the upswing and then to move toward the NCAAs and just let's see what happens, you know, then the whole thing ended. Yeah, yeah. because uh, there was nothing better to do and these sports writers had to write on something. I read an article that um, – that sports writer in his own head played the tournament out and he declared the Badgers the victor. Ah, he said they were playing the hottest and the best and he was predicting that they would have gone on a run, won six games yeah. and been the champion. So Be careful when we're talking <laughs> podcast or this for two reasons. One, not a lot of people appreciate sports talk. And number two, they have Marquette fans and so we're talking only about the Badgers. So Marquette's in it. They got a tough draw. So yeah. by the time you're listening to this, you will know how they fared against North <laughs> Carolina. Yeah. Um, that game is tomorrow from the time that we're recording. Yeah. So take you back to your youth and my I'm a generation older, but you know, we say North Carolina, you know, you think in terms of their run like uh, Duke had for many years, and I, I go back when I'm uh, from my high school and college days. You just say UCLA, and if you can imagine one university winning for like eight or nine years in a row, <laughs> that you know you have a repeat maybe in some big program, but that's really some historic record when you think about college basketball. Pretty interesting. So we'll see what happens. It's interesting conversation pieces. And it's always good, though, because whether you like sports or not, and it's good our eternal salvation doesn't depend on how your favorite team turns out. We'd be disappointed more or depend on us, which leads us to talking about conversion. And that's Professor Brenner's main point all the way through, right? He's been leading up to this that if we're going to be close to God and have a close connection, we need to be converted, turned, and... uh, so this chapter is a is a beautiful one as he picks up on where we had been in our spiritual life um, and our inability to be connected to God with our doing, but God is the one who takes action. I'm sure you picked up on it as our listeners, but um, the correlation between chapters four and five that four was talking about our state without God and uh, the inabilities that we have. And now five, the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us and the way that that picture, those pictures get turned on their head from blindness to enlightenment, from death to life. From um, So just to see the Bible passages that that show our inabilities, but but what God has given us and the way that that picture has uh, two sides of the coin um, in a rich and and, uh, wonderful way. It's it's interesting that um, we would approach this chapter and read it, and our podcast listeners will, and those who've been Christians and Lutheran Christians for a long time, it's almost like, well, I know all this stuff already. Or, but we can never really underscore enough this incredible miracle 
because it is a part of our inborn who we are nature to grab onto in any tiny little way we can, if possible, that we have to have at least some credit for being with God. That's just so ingrained, and we don't think it is. But that's driven home not only in a chapter like the one we had read and now this one, but also I find it interesting timing that as a called staff here at Grace, we're also reading through a theology book of conversations that the sainted Carl Ferdinand Walther had, who was the leader of the Missouri Synod in its early days in the 1800s and was their seminary president and whatever leader and teacher that he, in that book, titled Law and Gospel, really has that as the underlying theme, that there's still, in his day and our day and for all time, will always be human beings naturally leaning toward, there's at least something I can, okay, I can't work my way in, but maybe my faith, I get credit for that, or maybe my, I'll put myself in position to be a candidate that God would like, or something in me, and that is is only a miracle of the Holy Spirit that we can shake that and just admit, nope, blind, dead, and an enemy of God. Yep. None of that would be a gift, right? Yeah. None of that would be grace uh, as God's undeserved love. Yeah. If we're saying that we've got some sort of worth or some sort of or even an ounce of merit, yeah. um, then it ceases to be grace. Comes out in subtle ways in our lives nowadays. and So these are great reminders to have from Professor Brenner in his chapter here. And uh, I find it interesting he starts off even with a reference to the doctrine of eternal election, which would take a whole another series of podcasts just to talk about, <laughs> right? It's a beautiful icing on the cake teaching. And he just rolls right in then with the different terms that are used to describe what God has done for us. I thought it was good that he uh, had that parenthetical statement, note the passive voice of the verb, that we are converted by God, God is the actor, and we as human beings are are passive yep. in this act of conversion. So I thought it was good that he didn't just state it properly and, and move on, but <laughs> did you notice this? Did you notice that we yeah. have no role? Yeah. We are the ones upon whom this action happens, not the ones who make the action happen. Yeah. Well, apparently it's so important that we have to have this coincidental timing that if we have a podcast on that subject matter, we have our own called staff study time and discussion time in our, as I just mentioned, and we also have a Sunday Bible class talking about Christian freedom. And how do you get that? Only by recognizing where we had been, which is blind, dead, and enemies of God, and God creates in us this new life. So none of that discussion about Christian freedom is possible unless you have an understanding of chapter four and chapter five and yeah. and how God operates in our lives. So Pastor, maybe coincidental, but it all ties. Pastor Strong lucked out last time because he had free will in both Bible study and in our discussion. There you go. Um, so he got to double up on prep time. So he was the resident expert on free will <laughs> yeah, as we yeah. sat and chatted last time. I would probably <laughs> say that over the decades, that's probably been the one phrase that has tripped up lots and lots of people. Because it is, it is something hard for people to think through, that there is such a thing as the human will, and we have, according to human reason and on earth, 
a certain amount of freedom in choices we make. But theologically speaking, our will is bound and right. we're not free. So Not in conversion, right? We don't right. get to choose yeah. to be converted or to... We don't get to play a part in becoming a believer there. We're bound yeah. to sin and, and at the mercy of God um, to change that, to be the one that converts us. Yeah, so the, the subject matter is all obviously connected, but it's a beautiful one for our comfort because comfort and joy and and peace and certainty in my relationship with God won't happen if I have input and if I'm going to be responsible in any way. And I'm on shaking ground. But for confidence and certainty, and it's all in God's hands, whew, it takes the How pressure. Much better, right? God did yeah. it fully and correctly, yeah. right? If it's you do, if it was 99% God and 1% us, that's a great deal. <laughs> 99% off salvation, great deal. But did I do my 1%? There's always going to be that doubt. Did I do it properly? Did I do it the right way? So Did I actually yeah. get a full 1% done or am I sitting at 0.8% and yeah. lose out because I didn't get my uh, didn't get enough of it accomplished? But to hear the message of the Bible, to hear God's grace that 100% God's salvation, salvation is 100% God's doing, therefore it's done fully and it's done properly and it's given to me as a gift that can't be screwed up um, <laughs> that's yeah, that's great comfort yeah. that leaves all all uh, those fears and anxieties are left on the way, on the sideline because right. God did it for me not everybody um, who may be tuning into our podcast has had a unique opportunity to spend uh, perhaps like you had or maybe like like I did too, you know, when you're in instructions to lead up to the rite of confirmation as a youth. And if you're in a setting where the pastor of the church responsible for instructing is spending quite a bit of time also helping you think through some of these terms and uh, defining them and explaining them and not everybody has that. You know, I know we teach adults nowadays. I don't think we spend a lot of time listing out terminology like conversion, enlightenment, quickening. You know, we, yep. we don't. And <laughs> it's, just, it's a time factor, but, you know, we just, we're not going to be having people recite the confirmation, definitions. The confirmation class that I taught in Alaska, each unit had a, here's the vocab terms. Here's the, here's the terms that are relating to the topic today. And, oh, yeah. Um, there's a little, there's a segment of every unit. We don't do that in adult Bible class. <laughs> no, no. And and not as much even for kids, although kids will come across it in their instruction time. But it's just, it's a beautiful thing, though, to see these terms pop up in this chapter. You know, conversion is obviously turning, right? And he threads in the repentance, which has the narrow and wider definition, either just the believing how bad your sin is or... That plus believing how good God's love is. So whether you're narrower or wider, it's still a great term of the change of the mind. And uh, he quotes my favorite passage on this topic. That's First uh, Corinthians 12, verse 3. No one can say Jesus is Lord yeah. except by the Holy Spirit. To me, that's just so concise and so clear. <laughs> 
Um, I can't become a believer on my own. I can't say Jesus is Lord unless it's the Holy Spirit yeah. in me, unless I'm a believer already, unless I already have faith in my heart. That's what produces that. That's yeah. what gives me that ability to to see Jesus as Lord and confess him as Lord. Um, I can't do that on my own. I, to me, that just is a, a definitive passage that shares right. this is, here's what you can and can't do. Uh, without Jesus, here's what you can and can't do now that the Holy Spirit lives in in your heart. <laughs> so, that's that's good insight, that's for sure. And um, he has the rebirth section, that, yeah. or I guess we sh- I skipped illumination. Well, yeah, that's um, you know that the, these contrasts are so f- spectacular because they're biblical pictures, you know that scriptures are filled with, you know, lost and now found and captive and now free and darkness and now light, which is illumination, you know, dead and now yeah. alive, you know, that the all light, these, the all these changing are, difference that God makes, right. right. The black and white, no mm. pun intended difference that God makes, um, yeah. where we would be without him compared to where he enables us to be with, with him is, and again, Striking. that's an application of the truths of Scripture. We use technical terminology. I'm not a big fan of law and gospel. I try not to say those publicly, like in sermons and stuff, because people don't know what they mean. Certainly not guests, but God's demand for perfection that we fall short of and you know, his gift and promises of love and connection to him and the good news, whatever terms you want to use. But you can't, how many times have we said this, you know, whether it's your preaching or mine or whether it's in Bible class or whether it's in podcast, but you can't really appreciate the good news of the Bible unless you really understand the bad right. and take it to heart. So that's what makes this chapter so fun to look at these terms, whether you're looking at conversion or repentance or enlightenment or light, you know, illumination or quickening. It, they're all great, but none of them mean anything unless you really grasp the bad side. Right. Illumination is all fine and dandy, but if you really appreciate, you're in the dark. That's right. Uh, literally, you aren't going to be able to find your way out, and, and you're going to be yeah. there in peril. Is this where he used his cave story, or is that earlier? That was the last chapter to last talk chapter. about the oh, darkness. Yeah. Yeah. But this would be the corresponding, now we've got... Now you're in the light. Now we've got the light, right? Uh, which takes all those things away, right? All the peril and danger and fear yeah. and uh, hopelessness that the darkness brings is all cast away because the light scatters the darkness. He does a nice job, and that's his writing style. And I've known Professor Brenner, as I mentioned in previous podcasts, you know, so well for so many years. But his writing style is so good in that he just, in a very easy way, weaves Bible passages in as a part of the conversation, as a part of the writing, and it just flows. Because that's really where we draw these truths from. And it's very clear in his writing, as you work through a book like this, that it's not like, oh, I have to think of something here that is, is this in the Bible? No, <laughs> this is right from the Bible. It's here's, right here, and he quotes it, you know. Here's where it comes from. Yeah. Right. And I think that's really well done. There, There is a section then, as this chapter isn't the longest, that is fascinating, too, where he touches on conversion in the human will, which goes back to our conversation about free will. And I even have to underscore and put asterisks in my little book when I'm You know, the Bible says, this is on page 62, that we can't contribute to our own conversion. Humans are passive. And he makes the unwilling willing on the bottom. That's just really, those are really good phrases to keep in mind. 
So there's that that free will concept again. I'm unwilling, yeah. and I can't make myself willing, and I can't have even the desire to come to God. But He changes my will, yeah. and He makes the unwilling willing. Yep. Here's another section here. Then talking about children, and that's always been a great subject because it comes up when people challenge uh, the validity of uh, infant baptism, and that always is a beautiful thing to look at what Scripture has to say about. Um, God working in the hearts of children and stuff like that. We've talked about this before, but I think that you know the our our ancestors here at Grace Church had kids in mind when the building is being built. I mean, why would they have Jesus with the children in one window and the boy Jesus, age twelve, in the temple in the other? There's something on their minds must have been child oriented. Yeah, which I think is pretty cool. I love the. Jesus cares for the little children and then little Jesus cares for for the adults that there, yeah. there's this intergenerational God's love is for all right message that those two corresponding Bible stories end up teaching um, and for as great a theologian as Martin Luther was and he has the rose window that's over the organ and you know that kind of has Martin Luther's picture and one of the great things he's famous for right is helping families and parents teach children with a small catechism. So there's a bit of a children tie there too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I thought that was really good. And There's a line that Brenner uses that I'm going to incorporate into my teaching because it's <laughs> it wasn't new information, but just the way he says it, uh, it's on 64. If we have a problem in understanding how infants can believe, it is probably because we are focusing our attention on human capabilities instead of on the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, I think that just sums that up so well. God can give faith to a baby the yeah. same way that he can give the gift of faith to an 80-year-old. Um, so if we question how is it that a child can believe, that questioning naturally comes from yeah. a misunderstanding of what conversion really is. And it comes from that inbuilt, I can do something that we started off talking about. Right. Um, if we recognize what faith really is, a free gift of God's grace given to a person, then the age of that person, the mental capacity of that person doesn't, doesn't matter. become an right. issue anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was really well said. Yeah, if you've got a problem understanding this, it's because you don't, you're don't, you not fully <laughs> grasping what faith is. Yep. That's, that's nicely done. And I, that probably comes up in later chapters when he talks about the sacraments and stuff like that. But that's a, that's a not... Um, Illustration I've used too, and it we've talked about in our baptism lesson and with our adults and stuff. That I know, are you are you still a believer in Jesus when you're sleeping, or if you're in a coma? Well, the answer is yes. Well, faith is not only your ability to rationalize it's or think a, through it's or not verbalize. An active. It's something that God does yeah. to me, as He does to children. So then he, you know, he circles back to the way he started the chapter with the conclusion about the conversion experience and the dangers about subjective feeling. Feelings are important. We all have them and need to get better, I suppose, at recognizing them. But even even the little stirrings of a longing to be with Christ means that faith has already been created and God did something to our yeah. heart. I so appreciate that the Holy Spirit gives us Paul's conversion story because it's so... Paul didn't choose Jesus. Yeah. Paul didn't have some inklings of wanting to become a believer. Right. He got knocked off his horse and and that light was forced into his eyeballs. 
Um, and Jesus said, <laughs> let me tell you, Paul, here's what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that just is a powerful illustration of maybe, maybe I didn't get knocked off my horse. Maybe it was when I was a child in baptism. Um, but it's not me playing a role. Have you ever heard, uh, um, someone of, of that persuasion explain how Paul made his choice for Jesus? I've never heard a good explanation of yeah. this is the this is the theology and here's how it applies to Paul. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't work. Yeah, it can't, makes no <laughs> sense, right? So it's clear a work of God in Paul's heart, and that's true for everyone who's yeah. what conversion is. And then he goes on, well, Brenner does to say. We may not all have the conversion experience that Paul had. We may not be able. We right. probably can't pinpoint. Here's the moment that um, that I became a believer, or here's the um, you know the earth shaking moment or event that happened that that I can pinpoint to this. Yeah. But um, knowing that God gives His gift in His ways uh, it can be a comfort to us. Give credit where credits due. Right? right. If I'm a believer in Jesus. If you are, then God did something to my heart. He did something miraculous. And of course, this we know is... Yes, it's most certainly, certainly true. Thanks for listening. We'd love to share more about God's love with you. Check us out at www.gracedowntown.org. There, you'll find worship times, our pastor's contact info, and a lot about our ministry in and to downtown Milwaukee. We hope to connect you to the grace of God again soon.